So today we're gonna start a brand new series and we're gonna begin in where I believe is the most important place and that is the foundation and that is prayer. Someone say prayer. In this series, this is one that can completely change your life. So, so with prayer, I want you to take good notes. I want you to watch these messages back. I want you to get it in you because this is so important and foundational in your walk with Christ. And during these next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is unpacking praying bold prayers because prayer is important. You know, we value prayer here at Vibrant Church. I don't know if you even know this, but we have a prayer team here at Vibrant that is praying for you right this second. They're interceding for you. They're praying over you. They're praying over this service. They're praying for you online. They're praying for you. And I want to tell you, if you want to be a part of our prayer team here at Vibrant, Pastor Ron is leading that team, and, and they're doing incredible things. They even have a meeting coming up if you want to join that team on Thursday, April 22nd at 6 o'clock p.m. in our cafe. Go through Growth Track. Get on that team. Be at that meeting and be a part of the foundation growing in prayer. Amen? Here's the thing. Prayer is important. And God expects us to pray. If you look, actually, in Colossians 4, uh, verse 2, it says this. It says, devote yourself to prayer. You know, we're all devoted to something, aren't we? We're all devoted to something. I know that life pulls you in a million different directions, but we're all devoted to something. And when you're devoted to something, it means that you make it a priority. It means that you sacrifice for it, that you give time to it. And God says that he wants you to be devoted to prayer. You know, there's scripture after scripture after scripture that says things like this. When you pray. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say if you pray. It says when you pray. It's expected. It's not suggested. And so for the next five weeks, we're going to unpack prayers like this. God, speak to me. Prayers like God, search me. That one's going to be a little uncomfortable. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, send me. And today I want to start this series in a place that I think is probably one of the scariest prayers to pray. And that is this. God, make me bold. God, make me bold. You might be saying, well, I don't, I don't understand. How is that scary? I want to be bold. <laughs> well, if you've been walking with God long enough, you know that sometimes his methods to get you to where you need to be is not always the way that we would like it to be done, right? For instance, if you're like, hey, God, I want to have patience. I want to be a person with an abundance of patience. Then I guarantee you, as soon as you leave here today, you're going to roll up into McDonald's, right, for your lunch. And the drive through line is going to be extremely long. And as you wait in that drive through line, your baby will be crying in the back seat. And by the time you, you give them your order, you have about lost your mind, right? You give them your order. You give them their money. When there's no turning back, they stick their head out that window and say, your order's taking longer than we anticipated. Can you pull up into that parking spot and we'll bring it out to you in a little while? And you're like, God, I give up. I don't want patience. I just want a Big Mac. Right? Be careful what you pray for. Here's the thing. Praying bold prayers will often leave you feeling kind of uncomfortable. I'm warning you now because you're going to be forced to grow. And when you grow, you're stretched. And stretching is uncomfortable. Stretching hurts. But here's the great thing is that you can always look back and see where God has brought you from. You can see that he has, he has grown you more equipped. He has grown you more mature. 
He's gotten you more ready to expand his kingdom in mighty ways. But you know what's interesting to me? Is if I was to, to ask you today, hey, how many people believe that when you pray, God hears you? Most of you would say, yeah, absolutely. If I said, okay, how many of you believe that he hears you, but do you believe he can actually answer your prayers? Most of you would say, yes, of course he can. But then if I asked, do you think you need to pray more often or more consistently? The majority of you would also say yes to that. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I find it so interesting that we know that we serve a God that hears us, that has the power to do above and beyond anything that we could even imagine, the Bible says, yet we choose not to talk to him consistently. It's interesting, isn't it? Why do you think that is? You know, for me, I think maybe it's that out of sight, out of mind type deal, where maybe we don't seek God enough consistently, and so because of that, other things in our life become a priority. I can see that being a reason. Another reason might be that sometimes God has not answered a prayer in the way that we want him to, and so we begin to lose faith in God. I think sometimes we unintentionally turn God into our own personal vending machine. You know what I mean? Like we go, okay, I put in this coin, this coin, this coin, and I want my Doritos, right? And so we go up to God and we're like, God, I prayed, I read my Bible, I went to church on Sunday, I want you to heal my friend in that way, the Doritos. And he's like, sun chips, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? You're like, no, no, God, you didn't hear me correctly. Okay, I went to church on Sunday. I'm tithing. I brought my kid to Wednesday night student ministry. I'm even leading a small group. I want a financial miracle in this way, Doritos. And he's like, sun chips. And you start to get frustrated. And you're like, you know how you shake a vending machine? You're like, God, no, you don't, you don't understand Here's the thing that I think we have to change in our mindset is that many times we act as if God is here to serve us, but in reality, we're here to serve him. You know, another reason I think that maybe we don't pray as consistently as we should is that we're intimidated. Like, well, I don't understand. Look, I mean, we've all heard someone that's really good at praying, Right? We all know that person that could pray for like an hour straight. They say all these words that we don't know. Like they're praying and we have a dictionary open trying to figure out what they're even saying. They quote scripture after scripture after scripture within their prayer and you're just sitting there with your eyes closed going, man, they're getting a lot of Jesus points today. You've been around those people, right? I'm not gonna lie, I, I feel that way about my seven-year-old. I'll be like, hey, Miles, can you pray over our uh, KFC? He'll just sit there and he closes his eyes so tight. He's like, I, I, I just think that he just sees Jesus face to face all of a sudden. He's like, God, thank you for our food that you have blessed us with today. I pray the blood of Jesus over my family. And you're like, whoa. This one, my chicken, man. You get intimidated. If we're being transparent today, I think all of us can say that we've prayed prayers before that we feel like we're just failing at. Man, I didn't, I didn't pray with enough scripture that time. And no one was saying like, yeah, that's good, amen, when I was praying, right? But what if, what if we knew that just praying a bold prayer was good enough? I think a lot of times we get intimidated. But what if we, we walked in the fact that we can boldly 
step up to God and talk to him? What if it had nothing to do with the length of your prayer, the eloquence of your prayer, the words you said, the scriptures you, you said? What if it had nothing to do with that? What if it simply had to do with boldly walking up to God? What would that look like? I wonder, what would be your bold prayer? So in this series, we're gonna, we're gonna use one key scripture. It's this right here, Hebrews 4.16. It says, so let us boldly approach God's throne of grace. Then we'll receive mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it. So what's your bold prayer? In your note sheet today, I have a spot that says, my bold prayer. I want you to fill that in. What is your bold prayer? Maybe it's something that's just between you and God that no one else knows about, and that's okay. Maybe it's something to do with a relationship in your life, your marriage. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your job. I don't know what it is. But let me challenge you with this. Pastor Brian Houston of Hillsong Church says it this way, and I love it so much. He says, if your prayer was answered today, would it change your world or would it change the world. What's your bold prayer? Go ahead, write it down. As we start this message this morning, I'm gonna be in the book of Acts. If you have your Bible with you or your phone, you go look it up with us. We're gonna be in chapter four. To give you some context of this today, Peter and John, they were preaching with bold faith on the death and the resurrection of Jesus. See, a couple weeks ago, we, we celebrated Easter. The, the resurrection of Christ, we celebrated that. And what's interesting to me is that the church, the capital C church, is really known for Easter Sunday, aren't we? I mean, millions of people flood churches all around the world to celebrate Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday. But every Sunday, other than Easter and Christmas, all of a sudden we get kind of finicky with our attendance, don't we? For some reason, Sunday regularly is not as much a priority as Easter and Christmas. But this is the way I see it. I see it like this. If God could use the worst day ever, the day that his son was murdered on a cross and then turn it into the greatest moment in history, think about what he could do in your life. Amen? So look, I understand that Easter is a very special day. But as you heard the past couple weeks, we believe that we should be in a posture of celebrating the risen Christ every Sunday. So back to Peter and John, what are they doing? They're preaching about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and as they're doing so, they're praying that miracles would happen in people's lives. And as they're doing that, a miracle happens. This man that wasn't able to walk for 40 years, he was paralyzed for 40 years, all of a sudden gets up and is healed. They prayed for this guy, God miraculously showed up, and now he's able to walk. But there's a problem. And you're probably going, like, I don't understand how there's a problem. This guy was healed. Isn't that a great thing? Well, here's the thing. You're always going to have some critics. There's a problem. See, there's this group called the Sadducees. Someone say Sadducees. They were this religious group that had societal power, almost everything at that time except for the military. They controlled the two most important institutions of the Jewish, uh, of the Jewish society. That was the Jewish temple, Herod's temple. And then that was also the Sanhedrin. So you had the Sadducees, you had the captain of the temple guard, and you also had these other religious leaders at that time that felt that John and Peter were leading some kind of cult in this moment. And so these leaders arrested Peter and John, and they put them in prison. And then the next day, they pull them out and put them up on trial in front of the Sanhedrin. Now, this is, this is really intimidating. 
Because the way that would work is the Sanhedrin would circle you or at, at least semi-circle you. They would surround you. So you're, the people that are against you are literally surrounding you. And they ask him this question. By what authority are you doing these miracles? In whose name are you preaching this message? And Peter responded in Acts chapter 4, verse 10. And if I'm Peter, I'm intimidated right now. But Peter chooses to step up boldly. This is what he says. He says, let me clearly state to all of you and to the people of Israel. In other words, he's saying, make no mistake. I'm not hesitating. I'm not mumbling. I'm not stuttering. I'm saying this clearly for all of you to hear. Right? He goes on and says that this man was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Did you hear that? The man you crucified, but God raised him from the dead. That's bold. That's real bold. What Peter was essentially doing was forcing something to happen in this moment. Things couldn't stay the same. Something had to happen here. Something had to change. Peter was saying, you did this. God raised him from the dead. The ball's in your court. What are you going to do? If you look at verse 13, it says this. It says, the members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were just ordinary men with no special training. They were amazed because these were ordinary guys. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel pretty ordinary. There's always someone that's smarter, that's wiser, that speaks more eloquently, that has more scriptures memorized. I feel ordinary a lot of times. And here they go on, it says, they took note that these men, Peter and John, had been with Jesus. Because these guys were uneducated, in the eyes of the council, they were looked down on. They were less than. They weren't qualified. But like we've said many times from this stage, aren't you glad that God doesn't call the qualified? He qualifies the called. Amen? Man. See, the council was blown away and amazed. These guys had nothing special about them. They were just incredibly bold in their faith in Jesus. So suddenly there's another problem. Obviously, they can see there's a miracle. There's this guy that couldn't walk for 40 years. Everyone knew it, and now he can. Obviously, God showed up and did something miraculous in this moment. But they're also afraid about this movement that Peter and John were now leading, and they didn't want to take over. So even though that they could see that this was all real and that God was, was really moving, they didn't want to lose their authority. So they tried to shut them down. They tried to stop them. And this is what happens in verse 18. It says, so they called the apostles back in and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. They begin to threaten them. Hey, if you continue to do this, we're gonna arrest you again. We're gonna beat you. We're gonna kill you. So Peter and John, guess what they did? When their backs were against the wall, they did what a lot of us do. We may not pray consistently sometimes in our life, but when you're in trouble, all of a sudden you become a lot more consistent, don't you? They, they, with their backs against the wall, began to pray. But I want you to see something they did not pray for. This is really important here. They didn't pray that nothing bad would happen to them. 
They didn't pray that God would take down the bad guys. They didn't pray that this situation would be made simpler for them or easy. No. Instead, they prayed bold prayers. That's what I want us to do as a church. I want us to pray bold prayers. I want us to add this prayer into our life every day. This is what they said, verse 29. This is their prayer to God. They said, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. In other words, they're saying, God, they plan to arrest us, to beat us, to kill us. Please, God, hear their threats. This is terrifying. But give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word because we ain't going to stop. Make us bold. Give us courage to walk with you even if we have to do it alone. God, even though it may be painful, make me bold. Someone say, make me bold. Even if my friends leave me and I have to stand alone, make me bold. Someone say, make me bold. Listen, even if culture tries to cancel it, God, make me bold. If I have to lose everything, to walk with Jesus, God, make me bold. Come on, someone say, make me bold. Are you awake today? Say, make me bold. In that chest, say, make me bold. See, all the religious leaders were amazed by their boldness, not their eloquence. They're amazed by their boldness, not the way they sounded. It was their boldness. So here's the question I have for you and the question I have for me. Are the people that are around you amazed by your boldness? Are they amazed by your boldness in Christ? I'm talking about the, the people that are closest to you, the people that know you intimately, the people that know you behind the scenes, not the people that know you on Facebook, not the people that know you on Instagram, not your TikTok followers. I'm talking about the ones who know you when you're sick at home, when you're having a bad day. Are those people amazed by your boldness in Christ? What would happen if we began praying bold prayers? Prayers that wouldn't, just change our world, but change the world. You know, after they prayed, something incredible happened after they prayed. If you look at verse 31, it says this. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place was shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, then they preached the word of God with boldness. Someone say boldness. Look, you might be one of those people saying, Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm not really bold. That's not really my personality. Listen, biblically, we're not talking about a personality trait here. We're talking about when the spirit of God comes on you, spiritual courage and strength comes out of you as a result of the Holy Spirit. What's really important to note here is that in this situation, Peter and John, they pray, the Holy Spirit comes, and then they preach with great boldness. Did their prayer change their world? Or did their prayer change the world? God, make me bold. Is that a prayer that you wanna take the chance at praying today? Because you may pray that prayer and then God says, okay, you want to take that next step? I want you to lead a small group. Some of you right now are starting to sweat, and you're like, 
man, I'm at a vibrant church. It's always cold in here. How, why are my armpits sticky? But I can tell you that every service for the rest of this month, if you just go out into the cafe, we're doing a training on how to lead a small group. Maybe that's what God wants to do for your next bold step. God, make me bold. Are you willing to get uncomfortable and pray for that person that God's putting on your heart in public? You're at Kroger and God says, I want you to pray for that cashier. Oh God, I'll pray inside my heart. I'll pray for them in my car later. Are you willing to get uncomfortable and be bold for God? God, make me bold. Are you willing to step away from a friend circle that may be doing things that are not of the heart of God and stand alone and be uncomfortable alone because of your boldness in Christ? God, make me bold. Are you willing to not just go with whatever the current culture is pushing, but stand on the unshakable and unchangeable word of God? God, make me bold. If you're going to pray, God, make me bold, do you actually want that? Because there's three things that are going to happen if you actually stand boldly. I'm going to go through it real quick. It's in your note sheet. Here we go. Number one is this. When you're bold... It's always going to start a fight. When you are bold, it's going to start a fight. Boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. Peter and John were thrown in prison. They were threatened because of their boldness in Christ. And I promise you, if you pray, God, make me bold, the Spirit of God will come upon you. And you'll find yourself having to stand up for Jesus. And sometimes it's not going to end well for you. People may make fun of you. They may talk bad about you. They may talk bad behind your back about you. You may not get invited to a party. You might be passed over on a promotion. They may not let their kids hang out with your kids. There's going to be spiritual opposition. It's going to start a fight. On a more positive note, number two is this. When you're bold, it releases God's miracles in your life. When you live with bold faith, you often see the hand of God moving miraculously in and around you. You won't be as surprised when you see God moving because you're walking boldly. You're speaking boldly. And you have this expectancy that God is going to show up and show off in your life. You know how I got that phrase that God's going to show up and show off? Back when I lived in Illinois for two and a half years, there was a guy named Darren. Darren and I had breakfast every Thursday morning at Dairy Queen for the two and a half years I was there. And we began to pray very often, God, will you show up and show off in Darren's life? Why? Because over the course of a four-year period, there was four different times that Darren was told by the doctor that he had stage four cancer. Four different times in a four-year period, Darren had been given an end date by a doctor. And we prayed at Dairy Queen every single Thursday. God, show up and show off in Darren's life. 
And look, we serve a God of miracles. I can tell you right now, for 10 years, almost 10 years now, Darren has been cancer-free. Can someone give God the glory for that? Look, Darren, I don't know if you're watching, but even last, last week, he's enjoying the life now of being a, a grandfather. He's teaching his little grandson all about the old school WWF, Hulk Hogan time. God showed up in his life, and he showed off in his life. Expect to see God's miracles, amen? If you're bold, here's the third thing that's gonna happen. It will require extreme faith. It always requires extreme faith. Literally, look at anyone in the Bible. Noah, Abraham, Rahab, any of the disciples. Literally anyone that we look to in the Bible had extreme faith in order to be bold. You pray, make me bold, and I promise you this week, you're going to have to live by faith in a way that you may not have had to in a while. It's going to be uncomfortable. We pray, God, make me bold. If you truly want that, it's going to be hard. But God will use you, not just to change your world, but to change the world. So be ready for the spiritual fight. Anticipate the miracles and live with extreme faith. Amen? Did you receive that word today? Listen, in this moment with every head bowed and eye closed, some of you that are in here saying, man, I'm scared to death to step up boldly but I want to believe in some bold prayers today. I want God to show up and show off and use me to change the world, not just my own. If that's you today, here's your first step in being bold. Let's go ahead and shoot that hand up and say, that's me, Pastor Mike, pray for me. Listen, this is the easiest part. Everyone's head's bowed and eyes are closed. So let's be bold in this moment. Pray for me. I want boldness. I want courage. I'm ready to be uncomfortable for Jesus. God, we bring each and every one of these needs to you today. God, we understand that you are not our, our own personal vending machine, God. God, we understand that we are here to serve you and that your will be done. But God, we are stepping up boldly to your throne. And God, we want to be a bold, bright light for you in this world. So God, I ask right now that you begin to challenge us. God, that you make us uncomfortable so we can grow, so we can be stretched, so we can expand your kingdom in ways that we couldn't even imagine. God, God, use us. God, use us. We stay in this moment of prayer. You may be in here and say, well, Mike, look, I don't even have a relationship with God. I haven't lived for him. I've never accepted him into my life. I'm not walking with him. Or maybe at some point you were in your life and 
Maybe you just kind of gave up because God didn't answer a prayer here or there the way that he wanted. And it was hard. Look, God's big enough to hear that. But I want you to know that he loves you. He sees you. He sees the real you. He sees your heart. And he has a plan for you. And so if you're in here today and you're saying, Mike, look, I want to make a fresh start with Jesus. I want to live for God. I want to go in his ways. I want to have boldness for him. If that's you today, with no one looking around, will you just lift your hand and say, yeah, Mike, pray for me. I want a fresh start with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to pray this prayer as a family here at Vibrant Church. We're all in this together. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. God, I give my life to you. And I want to live boldly for you. God, make me new and give me a fresh start. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And the whole church said a big amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate all those today. Amen.